Welcome to another edition of Virginia Tech Unscripted First Generation Podcast. And uh, we are here today with a couple of uh, one familiar friend and one new friend who I'll let it, uh, introduce themselves in a moment. But I am Alex Parrish. I work at Virginia Tech and these are my pals. Hi, I'm Dr. Charmaine Troy. I'm Program Director for First Generation Student Success. And I am Joy Capers. I'm the Assistant Director of the Mentorship Program within Career and Professional Development. Serve as a first-gen liaison. All right. So, um, what we want to talk about today is uh, career uh, development and um, where you're headed after college. So, uh, a, a lot of uh, first-generation students probably come in, are coming into the experience um, of college uh, with uh, maybe something in mind of where they want to go after college, like why you would go to college and um, why you would uh, go through. Um, you know, four years or, or five years of education, um, probably to be able to do something on the other end that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. So um, we want to talk a little bit today about resources that are available and people who are there to help you get to that point and um, things that uh, you can do uh, to be ready for that career after college. So uh, since Joy and, and Dr. Troy work directly um, with students and uh, do a lot to help them get ready. I'm just going to toss to them. So uh, Joy, we can start with you since you're uh, new to the podcast. So um, if you had advice to give to a first generation student, or I guess any student um, about um, maybe starting college with career in mind or uh, what to do to head towards a career with your college experience, like what's, what's a good starting point that you would give them um, maybe if they're, if they're just getting, if they're just starting to, to think through the process that they want to go through. Absolutely. So I say, do not wait. Do not wait till you're a junior or a senior. Come in when you're a freshman. We have resources, um, especially for you. If you're going through major or career exploration, we see a lot of times students come in having one thought of what they want to do, or maybe having some family influences or even seeing things maybe um, in the movies, television, thinking that's something that they might be interested in, but they're not particularly sure how to pursue that career option or know that there might be various avenues in which to pursue. So coming in, meeting with a career advisor. Um, right now we have appointments that are available through email, phone, or Zoom. So you can meet with a career advisor. Um, so our career advisors have special liaison groups um, and so with the liaison group, that means they have a specialty in a particular area. So mine's first gen, but we also have um, specialties in different colleges. So coming in, knowing where our building physically is, but also exploring our website. We have a lot of our resources on the website. So we have templates, drafts, and we even have self-assessments. So with students, they can take um, little survey, little assessments to help them to narrow down some career choices or be able to find out more information about majors. So sometimes students don't think that our services are for them if they're a transfer student just coming on the campus, but we have a variety of different um, services. So no matter um, if they're coming on as a new student or they might think they know what they already wanna do, we're just here to help supplement um, what they may already have, and also to help them do that exploration process. It's an ongoing process. They don't have to do it alone or by themselves. So I would definitely say make sure you are familiar with our office, our services, because we have a lot of services, especially being that our campus is so large. And so our office is oftentimes that centralized source and resource for students when they're thinking about career. 
Okay, so I got to ask you a question because you said something that immediately piqued my interest. You said students sometimes come in um, that, because they saw something in the movies that they want to do. So I have to ask you, like, what is a student who has come in because they saw something in a movie that they wanted to do? So um, I would have to say students come in after seeing Grey's Anatomy or some medical um, show and they think that they are glamorous. They're going to make a lot of money. They're going to meet the love of their life. You know, they might have some passionate romances, um, but they don't think about having to go to medical school, applying for medical school, you know, having to get their hands dirty and the process, the long process and the additional years of going to school that it'll take, or they'll see like CSI or a crime um, scene investigator show, and they're not particularly good in math or even science for that matter. So we just have to sometimes redirect them and let them see additional options and opportunities and clearly think through the whole process, whether it's securing funding or the additional education that they'll need. Um, and also thinking about those long-term steps, because sometimes we often have in, no individuals, they have a degree in one thing, and then when they actually find employment, it has nothing to do with the degree or all of the years um, they've spent studying. So we just wanna make sure that students have that broader picture, whether we're referring them to our health professions advising um, staff that we have in the office and where they understand like, hey, this is not as glamorous as we thought. Like they didn't show this on television or hey, I might not get to meet Dr. McSteamy um, in those long hours and those scrubs are not as comfortable as I thought. So seeing that aha moment, that transition of students being able to see that maybe they need to think about that career a little bit more than they thought or do their research before making that commitment. Hopefully, um even with that advice, some of them still like get to become like the Gil Grissom of Virginia Tech, which was TSI like way long time ago, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we still have some others, they dig down and they commit to it. Um, and some others, they might still want to be in that field, but not necessarily the hands-on. So we've had some, they're like, hey, maybe healthcare administration is more my deal, so I don't have to be in the nitty gritty. So it's great to see the ones that still have that passion, but it's also can be um, an eye-opening experience for others because um, all they think about is like hey this job is really great paying but they don't realize all the student loans or the funding or the additional years of experience that's required to get expertise in the field. I will also jump in and say that a lot of students that I uh, met with when I was an academic advisor were um, interested in certain fields because of their parents too and I will always have to remind them that um, this career is gonna be your career, not your parents. So make sure that this is something that you're really passionate about doing. Um, I always also pose to students, what is, a, what is a field or career that you could do for free if you had to? Because I feel like if you are passionate enough to get up every morning and go out and do this without getting paid, then that's something that you truly love and will want to continue to do. Mm -hmm. We encourage students find work that doesn't feel like work mm -hmm. that you can do for 30, 40 years and you don't regret your decision. Something that you're still going to get up every morning and enjoy. So Joy, I think we kind of, we kind of cruise past in the introductions, everybody's uh, office and so forth. Do you want to talk just a little bit about like the actual office you work in and what the, what their function is? Cause I think there's a lot of good stuff over there. Absolutely. So I work in career and professional development within the Smith career center. So what we do is a variety of different services. So we do student appointments. We have career advisors in the office to do that one-on-one -on -one student appointments. 
We also do presentations within our office. Now that has translated to virtually, we also do class presentations. So we're doing presentations and appointments on everything from career exploration to internship, um, job searches, employment searches. So we see everyone from undergraduate students to graduate students and even our more recent alumni. So we have um, quite a large office. In our building, we also have employer relations. So we um, oversee some of the job fairs on campus and also the employer interviews. So we do um, everything from cooperative education and internship program to health profession advising. So um, we also oversee Handshake, which is the software where students are able to schedule appointments with advisors and also search for employment and internship opportunities. So when we think about career and professional development, um, we're there to make sure that students are able to translate what they're learning in the classroom and also get real world experience. So we're helping them with everything from a resume um, to applying for medical school, to also looking for internship opportunities and being a resource of information, whether it's online on our website or in person through our one-on-one -on -one or group interactions with students. Yeah, so um, you said quite a few things there that I think are really great resources for students. So um, let's say I'm a student who uh, I'm starting college. This is my, I'm a first year student. And maybe in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna go to college for four years. I'm going to get out of college and then I'm going to get out of job and then I'm going to get started. So um, I, I think that a lot of students, I certainly wasn't when I started college, uh, a lot of students aren't aware of everything that can happen while you're in college. So can you talk a little bit about, especially like internships and jobs that you could be doing even while before you graduate that get you ready and get you contacts um, that you will be able to use after you graduate? I'm so glad you said contacts. So one of the big things we like to do with our students is get them in the habit of professional networking and engagement, thinking outside of their circle. We have to think about some of our students don't have a support network um, outside of campus or they are first gen, so they're the first in their family um, to pursue a pr higher education or a particular industry or job, right? So what we like to do is connect our students to our employer. So sometimes that's being having employer information sessions where an employer overviews their company, a particular positions. But more recently, um, as of last fall, we actually have a mentorship platform. So it's called Hokie Mentorship Connect. It's an online platform for students to connect with alumni for career related support. So our students are able to connect with our first gen alumni and talk about their unique journeys. Um, being first gen on campus or in the workplace. So students are able to have these one-on-one -on -one interactions, make these connections with alumni who've been there, done that, and can help that student um, as they're working on their resume, working on their cover letter, or just thinking about the different majors that they want to pursue or the different careers. So our office is a collaborative environment. So we work a lot with different on-campus partners, whether that's the Office of First Gen Student Support, the different colleges, um, in student organizations. And so even outside of our mentorship platform, um, we have different programming events um, for students. And so students are able to connect not only with employers, alumni, but also faculty and staff to get that additional layer of support. And even now in like a COVID-19 environment, having online services and programming allows for us to continue to provide that support for students. So if students are looking for 
a job in a particular industry, they have that handshake website where they can do filter searches um, to narrow down and directly apply to one or a multitude of different opportunities. We also have listserv of on-campus employment opportunities, um, volunteer opportunities. Um, with our platform, Hokey Mentorship Connect, we'll also be launching a new feature, which is called Projects, and that'll be micro-internship opportunities that students can do virtually. So as you know, a lot of students weren't able to pursue plans they already had over the summer or fall because of social distancing. So in the platform, an alum will um, post an opportunity that a student can do safely virtually online. There can be anywhere from four weeks to six weeks, um, sometimes maybe even two weeks, and the student can apply for those positions. Um, and also it can be paid or unpaid. So there's still opportunity for students to have experience and develop um, exposure to different opportunities, even virtually. So even though we've had to pivot from some of our in-person services, we've been able to um, finalize some opportunities we already had in development and then further cre become creative. Um, so we also have like LinkedIn Learning Lab and some other summer opportunities um, that we've done over the summer to help students get certificates um, and program completion to get some additional skills as well. All right, those are some great resources. Um, I mean, that, that, a lot, so much got unpacked right there. Like I would encourage if, if you are a first generation student and all that stuff flew by, like just a great advantage of podcasts, like I'd be rewinding like a big dog, like going back and trying to pick up all that stuff that Joy just mentioned and definitely look up Handshake and the other um, services that she was talking about. So um, we're at a point- And I'm the, the liaison, they can contact me. Oh my gosh, is it that easy? I'm the first gen liaison. They can contact me. Well, what what is your email address, Joy Capers? So my email address is my first name, Joy, J-O-Y, then E-C, E as an egg, C as in cat, at bt.edu. Wow. That seems so easy. It looks like something even I could do. <laughs> I think so. No, prom no promises. No promises. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, right, if they can reach out to Dr. Troy. She knows how to get in contact with me. Oh, yeah. She can find me. <laughs> well, I'm not going to give my email address because Dr. Troy is the one they're going to want to talk to. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's, let's do a quick trivia question. So um, uh, we usually like to take a break uh, here on the podcast, uh, do a quick trivia question. We'll come back and tell the answer later. Um, but I don't, I don't know if we've ever actually uh, given like the definition of a first generation student deeply on here, but maybe, maybe we did it early on. So that's going to be today's trivia question. What is a first generation student? And you have four choices. So a and Joy, don't answer. You're going to know the answer. Don't tell. We're going to come back later and tell the answer. All right. What is the definition of first-generation student? A first-generation student is someone who, A, doesn't live near a college, B, would be the first person in their immediate family to graduate from college, C, comes from a lower-income family, or D, can't swim. It's tough. It's tough. All right, so we're going to come back and give you the answer later, although I'll give you a spoiler alert. Swimming is not high on any college's priority list, so that might, D might not be the right answer. But anyway, correct answer coming later. All right, so um, we're about the halfway mark. So we usually like to, uh, because this podcast is not just for students, we also want to help out um, the parents of first-generation students because probably um, if you're unfamiliar with college as a family, it's good to, to be able to directly address parents' concerns too. And I would imagine 
that um, sending your kid to college so that they can um, get this new set of skills or this degree to get like a different job is probably very high on the priority list for parents of first generation students or so I assume. So Dr. Troy, you work a lot with parents. Joy, do either of you have like any um, feedback on that like that you've gotten from parents about the, the importance of um, career like trajectory like headed towards that job uh, from a parent's point of view? So a lot of times um, I do orientation. So we're getting, you know, our new students, um, incoming freshmen or transfer students come in with their parents and the parents are gonna know, want to know, is my child gonna get a job if we're paying all this tuition or they're coming here for four years? So the good thing about our office, we love reports and data. So we have what we call a first destination report, which you're actually able to see where our students have landed. So the industries, um, and occupations that are most popular and even some of the companies that they work for. So this allows students to see what opportunities are available possibly in the future for their students. Um, they also want to know how their student can take advantage um, of our services. Um, and they also sometimes, like Dr. Troy said earlier, have specific thoughts in mind for the career or occupation that their student will enter into. So we try to reiterate to them that sometimes we need to rethink what we may already have in mind and make sure it's something enjoyable for the students. Um, sometimes we need to take into consideration the students' needs or wants as well. Um, and we also just have to transition that students have to learn personal responsibility and access. So, you know, we are not able to always discuss what the student tells us with them, but they have to trust that their student is doing what's necessary. So um, we give them the resources that we have on campus, but it's going to be up to the student to follow through with those resources. So just having parents understand um, that one size does not fit all for every student. And we like to tailor um, our services to meet the needs of their particular student. Um, also knowing that there are employment on campus opportunities for their student and internship opportunities. Um, and just encouraging them to be knowledgeable for themselves um, and so that they're not always relying on the student to be the forefront or having to constantly ask the students questions. Because um, I know sometimes we'll see an influx of student appointments right before holidays or summers when students have to return home because they're going to get those questions on like, what are you doing? Have you found an internship? Have you found a job? That's an extra layer of pressure. Um, so we want them to be an ally for us, help us help the students. Um, and so having that knowledge and that information for themselves and knowing that the opportunities are there um, and how the student can go about utilizing them without putting so much pressure on the students themselves. So Joy, if, if I'm a parent of a, a student, like I may have had some contact with college, maybe you know I, I've even taken some classes or got close to a degree. Um, but you know, it's been a while, uh, maybe I went to a much smaller college than Virginia Tech, even find the Virginia Tech, the size of Virginia Tech even intimidating or something, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So what is a, how can I start a conversation with my student? Because maybe if, if I'm a parent, maybe I have an idea of what I think they could become, but they haven't really um, realized their own potential yet. Like if I'm a parent, how can I start conversations with them to help them start thinking about what they, where they want to go, like what they want to do with this education? Like what's just a good starting point for parents? 
So as a parent, you can ask your student what on-campus activities or classes that they enjoy. Um, like we want to make sure that the student is in something that they don't enjoy long-term. So that might help identify some opportunities. Um, let's say they like to do philanthropic work. Maybe they're connecting with um, VT Engage. So maybe something in the nonprofit sector. Um, also seeing if they've come to any events that we have within career and professional development. Have they thought about if they would like to do on-campus employment or what they would like to do over summer breaks? I'm um, getting them acclimated or used to um, being in the workforce. So trying to find matches for them, even if they would like to, we have what we call self-assessments where students can answer questions um, in a survey and it can provide suggestions on possible career opportunities and things like that. But seeing if you can match your child's interest um, to possible career opportunities or even employment in college to help them narrow down their options. Because like I like to say that career exploration is an ongoing process. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. So having all that pressure on a student to try to figure out within four or five years sometimes isn't realistic. So having that student to be able to make that connection that they can um, pursue something that they enjoy, whether it's something they do in their free time with a student organization or in the classroom would be a good starting point and just making sure that the student knows what services we provide and possibly politely or um, encouraging them to pursue some of those opportunities, even if it's not a one-on-one -on -one advisor appointment, just attending one of our events or workshops that we have virtually currently. So Dr. Troy, I know um, you hear from a lot of parents when they like this tension that we're talking about where uh, you know, you're trying to get your student to sort of understand what they're capable of, you know, like the, the abilities and, and skills that they have. Um, have. Have you ever had to guide parents through the process of like helping them help their student along? Yes, I have. And um, I mean, Joy said it best. Uh, you, the parents need to be an ally um, in this uh, particular situation and not um, put additional pressure on the student. Um, I think it would be best um, to know um, or be aware of the events or internships in, in your, your student's field that may be um, available or uh, any fairs that are coming up and just remind your student, gently remind or encourage your student um, to uh, attend those events. Um, but again, not necessarily uh, take over your student's experience or um, their journey in finding uh, the career that fits them. Yeah, yeah, I, th I like what Joy said, you know, uh, and this, I think is what you were talking about, that you ask students like what they're already doing and try to find interests um, from things that they have um, started doing, like things they've gotten involved in how you can expand on that versus saying, hey, I know you're doing this, but wouldn't you rather do this? Because I think that's, that's where arguments start, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we are just about at time. Um, so um, a trivia question that we had earlier, I think this is probably a layup. Some of the tree questions are harder. Um, but the trivia question for today, what is the definition of a first-generation student? And remember, the, the answers were, A, someone who does not live near a college, B, someone who would be the first person in their immediate family to graduate from college, C, someone who comes from a lower income family, or D, someone who can't swim. 
which that's definitely the wrong answer. But of course, the answer is B, someone who would be the first person in their immediate family to graduate from college. And um, I, the answer C that I put in there, someone who comes from a lower income family, I think um, that that may that may be part of like assumptions that some people would make, but I know first generation students who come from very affluent families, Dr. Yes. Troy, Dr. Uh, and, and Joy, you probably do as well. Um, so that, that really, that really does not define first generation students, but uh, and, and we, we do have a couple minutes here. So uh, maybe just sort of to sum up the, like the identity of a first generation student as not having uh, family experience of having graduated from college. Um, so uh, before we started the podcast, I, I read an article I thought was really interesting about um, how a lot of times for first-generation students, um, it, it's more than just going to a new place, like a place being a college, um, that uh, coming from a background where uh, higher education is not something that other people in your immediate family uh, may have taken part in, uh, it almost becomes a new identity. So have, have either of you seen among first-generation students uh, how they, they, they sort of start uh, to embrace like this new identity of a person who is even in higher education where their family uh, may not have been familiar with that before? Um, I would say... I'll say yes, I have uh, seen that situation. Um, like you said earlier, um, there is the assumption that um, that first-gen students come from low-income backgrounds, and I have met some affluent ones, especially here at Virginia Tech. Um, and even though they came from the affluent background, they were still struggling with some of the typical things that first-gen students um, struggle with, mainly um, being homesick. Um, or trying to um, figure out, you know, with this campus being so large, where do I go to get assistance for this subject? Or who can I reach out to? Um, I feel lonely. Uh, some of those type of things that uh, the identity usually deals with sometimes. Um, so um, just trying to help students navigate through those feelings. Um, it, it really, again, it doesn't really, your, whether you come from a fluent background or, or not, sometimes, you know, students still, uh, first-gen students still have to deal with that part of the identity. Um, so, yeah, I think we should definitely try to stay away from those assumptions that just because students, uh, you know, if they come from low income or if they come from a fluent background, that so they don't really have to, you know, end up dealing with these particular, um, these particular issues. Yeah, I think, uh, thanks for saying that. That's, um, this certainly is not particular to first generation students that you may need um, help or support or even emotional support uh, when, you, when you come to college. But I think it's important to know uh, that there are resources available. Uh, Dr. Troy runs the Office of First Generation Student Support. That doesn't mean that she is good at all forms of counseling and advice and career uh, advising and so forth, although she probably is good at a lot of that, um, but she certainly, uh, as well as Joy and anybody else who works on campus, um, like we're, we're all here to support students. Uh, so I, I would say if you're feeling anxiety, and I know right 
now, especially, um, uh, most people are probably feeling more anxiety than they even normally would. So uh, those resources available, and I would strongly encourage you to reach out um, to Dr. Troy or someone else you might know who can help get you connected to those because uh, we do want to help students um, navigate even in normal times, but especially during these kind of wacky times that we're living in right now. And just to piggyback on that, I do want to identify one resource that's new, and that's the Hokies First Peer Mentoring Program, um, where we pair you with a, a first-gen peer mentor um, that can help you get adjusted to uh, life at Virginia Tech and uh, give you some advice and, um, you know, do uh, check-ins and things of that nature. Um, because the student that I was kind of referring to from last semester um, who felt homesick, who felt alone here on campus and didn't know where to go for uh, help in particular class, I think she could have definitely benefited from a, uh, a peer mentor. And um, I think that maybe she would have uh, continued on at Virginia Tech if she was able to have that support. Yeah. Mentorship is important for any student, but definitely first-gen students. Um, they're looking for that community and sense of balance. So whether it's through peer mentorship or faculty and staff or alumni. Um, on the Hokie Mentorship Connect platform, Dr. Troy and I co-administer an empowering first-gen discussion board group. So it's a virtual space where as long as you have internet access, you could jump on and have that additional layer of support, which like you were saying, Alex, is even more so important right now during a time of social distancing. So we have different avenues. And like I said, we partner to provide students and faculty and staff um, and alumni that are first gen, different avenues of support. Yeah, and that's sort of like without us doing it on purpose, that sort of became one of the themes of this particular podcast because um, mentors are available while you're at college. Dr. Troy mm -hmm. was talking about peer mentors. And then of course, uh, Joy's program with alumni and alumni are people who have graduated from Virginia Tech who are in careers or out of college. Um, so you have like while you're here and looking for the future, you have mentorship available in both of those. So I, I would definitely... Um, not just because I'm sitting here virtually in front of the two people who run those programs, but because they're great programs, uh, I would encourage you to take advantage of um, uh, mentorship while you're here and after you leave because yes. they're available to use it all. It's, mm -hmm. it's no extra charge, right? It's, that's not added on the tuition. No, and you have options. Don't we love having options? That's right. Free options. Mm -hmm. right the I need some of those options and I'm staff. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in with us today. We appreciate you uh, being a part of the First Generation Student Unscripted podcast. And we will be back again in just a few weeks with another great session.